Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every little part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I'm your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw, with me as is two guests. I have my small sip of whiskey, as I often have, and joining me for this episode is Ken Napsock. Oh, and I have uh, whatever you're not having of whiskey, I'm having <laughs> the, the rest of it. A double dram. Big old double dram. Happy uh, to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I like doing the episodes uh, alone sometimes, doing a, a deep dive and just being alone in my strange meditation chamber, talking to myself for a long time, but I also like doing some episodes with some friends. So yeah. thank you for uh, joining me on this particular episode. I, I love this show. I think you legitimately, man, this is from the bottom of my heart, do great work in the Star Wars community these days of... We all have issues. We all have problems. There's things that rub you the wrong way, but it's Star Wars, and we should learn to at least be open to what it means to other people and you, and you might learn some things, and I think that's been one of the best things uh, about Force Center is this show. So I sometimes don't understand why I'm here, because I'm, I'm a clumsy <laughs> student, and you're a great professor, but uh, happy to be here. Well, I am happy to have you here. I do not think you're a clumsy student at all, and I don't think they... Uh... Master Scrimshaw, sir? <laughs> 
<laughs> Truly wonderful is the mind of a knapsack. Uh, yeah, so let's just get into this. Uh, for yeah. people who are maybe listening uh, for the first time, we take grievances uh, from listeners, from Star Wars fans, things that bug them about Star Wars. We try to look at them from a couple different perspectives and just try to see if there's a way to make you feel a little bit better about it. And we have a couple from Solo, A Star Wars Story, as we're still working through some of those ideas and thoughts. Are you ready for our first grievance? Absolutely. This is sent in, uh, I believe this was sent on our Patreon page. This is uh, from Dark Lord Jeff, not Emma. Full oh, yeah. legal name. Uh, a loyal listener, I'm sure that is the name on the driver's license of this human being. Dark Lord <laughs> Jeff, not Emma. Anyway, uh, always has uh, great questions and grievances. So here we go. There's a lot of concern about the potential permanent enslavement of L337's consciousness in the navigation systems of the Falcon. For a droid that valued autonomy and free will, the thought of her agency being stripped away by others feels a bit uncomfortable. We knew we know C-3PO communicated with the Falcon's nav system in the original trilogy, so that seems to imply that she's still there, trapped forever. Essentially a slave. That's pretty friggin' dark. Are you okay with this? So... It is yeah. a nice, juicy one. So this is one is. that's like, oh, yeah, when I want to talk with, uh, get more than one perspective on this, I have some thoughts, but I want to just start with your gut reaction. Is this something that you've thought of? Is this a grievance for you? Is this n- a new thought? Where are you at with it? It's, it's definitely not a grievous, uh, grievous, <laughs> grievance. <coughs> General grievous. Uh, it's not a grievance, but it's one of the things where after the movie, I heard some other people uh, and their thoughts on it, and went, oh, I understand that perspective. Particularly a f- a female character. Essentially, L three is a female character. It's a droid, but it's definitely played uh, as a female character, being being lost and trapped in this ship. Uh, I understand that that would sit wrong with some people. Uh, I totally get that. Yeah, and that's one of the things where I had to stop myself and go, oh, okay, I see that perspective. I think in story, I will dive into it, but I don't think that's L three. Okay. I think that's part of L3. I think L3 died, but part of her lives on. Yeah. You know? She's not in there like, oh, I'm in here. How do I get not? I can't get out. I think it's just, there's a part of her essence in the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to get back to that. I think some of the focus on this moment, I think it's a, a totally great thing to discuss, but I think some of that focus on this is we were excited for Tandy Newton and her character dies. Yeah. And then it, Kira's character is strong and interesting, but she seems maybe trapped by Maul. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get more stories where she gets uh, one up. So there was a lot of uh, the women characters maybe not having as much freedom yeah. as, as some of the male characters. But to this specific instance, you are thinking that, uh, I believe there's the line in the movie, and I'm paraphrasing, that mm-hmm. we'll put her navigational... Yeah, information. Some it it does seem to be described of like take this part of her brain out, right, and plug it into the nav computer. In that the way it's presented, it seems like that is a clever outside the box idea mm-hmm. of Han Solo, right? Not something that you're just like, yep. When your droid dies, of course you take their brain and you yeah. do X. That this is a rare and specific moment, right? I yeah, I think there's. You know, going to Empire Strikes Back and, sir, your computer, is, uh, your, your ship has a peculiar way of speaking. Yeah. There's a personality part that's in there. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I think, I think it's definitely more than just a, a, a battery, you know. But there's an essence to it that I took, and this is going to be a weird uh, to bring up a Star Wars podcast. You ever watch the Bonnie Hunt directed David Duchovny mini driver film Return to Me? I have not. Okay, the late nineties. Robert, the late Robert Loge's in it. Uh, a great, a great heartwarming little story. Uh, and it's just, it's about, it's about a, a you know heart transplant situation. Okay, and someone's essence being like there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to get too. I, so if you haven't seen it, sit down and watch it. Um, I don't want to get too much in the plot, but that's where it is. Where I, I mm. think the heart of L three is in the Falcon, or is part of the Falcon. Remember, the Falcon has three droid brains. Yeah. But this part, her navigational thing, which she says she... You couldn't get to Black Spire without me. I mean, that's what she's all about. And I love the poetic, uh, you know, symmetry there of her leading the Falcon to Lando. I I totally love all that kind of stuff. So, But I, I, I think... I don't think she's sitting in that ship 
going, damn, drat, how do I get out of here? You know what I mean? And I yeah. think I, I understand people taking it that way. So yes, all that to say, it is about the essence of the heart of this character living on, not I the character. I think that is great counseling to think of it in, in a good way or even in a, a scary way of the many stories that we have told as humans mm-hmm. about if you take a part of someone mm-hmm. that that's going to contain something more. I'm thinking uh, for uh, movie references like uh, the old Peter Laurie movie, The Beast with Five Fingers, there where, you, you know, and there's been many stories where you get a hand transplant and the hand <laughs> has a mind of its own. That idea of like, we thought we were just getting this one thing, but but you cannot disconnect the right. soul yeah. from this bit of information or this part of the body, you know, a heart or a hand is like mm-hmm. that that's a story that we've told and thought about. So right. in a way that's that's a very elegant way to think about it, mm-hmm. if this bothers you to think that they meant to upload the information that she had. Right. But this is a validation of L3's perspective that droids are fully sentient they're right. just like you mm-hmm. a part you know they're more than the sum of their parts and yeah. if you take this information then you're going to take my personality you're going to take my yeah. dirty jokes that i tell r2 <laughs> in the novelization of the last jedi yes you know uh so i think that's a great bit of grievance yeah uh, counseling yeah and again again I, I understand some of the real world implications that this may have had and those are valid and, and we should listen to that but I, and i think if if Val had had lived, maybe the reaction to to this would have been different. And and that's but it's all part of what 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 we want out of these Star Wars stories. We want something uh, to inspire and not feel cheated up by. So I understand some people coming by at, coming at it that, at that angle. Yeah, yeah. So I would also say like it's um, it doesn't feel to me like uh, enslavement because it wasn't like L three was in great shape and they're like hey. Yeah. If we cannibalize you right now, mm. we can do this. I think L3 was going to die anyway. Yeah. And I, I think uh, a bit of counseling to offer is Star Wars is, you know, vast, but mm. I can't think for myself of any moment where it's ever been portrayed is droids are like information on our computers mm. where you can just back it up on a hard drive and then you just put it in a new body. Mm-hmm. I've maybe there's something like that somewhere, but I feel like overall the story of star Wars has always been droids are afraid to die. Yeah. Droids are afraid that they will. end. there's no, there's no point in any uh, of the episodes of the clone wars where Anakin is worried about R2 where Anakin super tech guy says, don't worry, I got a backup. Yeah. And I'll just put him into a new astromech. Like, no, that droid is that droid. Yeah. So I've, to me, uh, and again, there might be some little thing somewhere that contradicts this, but to me, the story of Star Wars is that this is one of the things that makes droids special is they're just like us. They can just yeah. die. So yeah. the option would be just let L3 die mm. or do this. Let her live on in some way at all right. is a triumph. Yeah. And I know for me, I have great existential dread. (laughs) If somebody came to me and is like, I know you really value your sentience. I know you value your autonomy and your free will. And you don't think that anyone should be uh, subjected to rule, to live under the thumb of anyone else. But it's either stop existing entirely or you can live inside the radio of Ken's car. I'd be like, I will take Ken's car in a second. Come on into the Camry. It's, <laughs> it's nice and toasty when the AC doesn't work. But uh, yeah, absolutely. kind of making a joke out of it, but at oh, the yeah, same no, it's, time, it's like, do you, I, I, I think I see it more as this is not an ideal existence for someone who loved right. free will and autonomy, but it is a fighting chance to yeah. live. Yeah, and look, I, I absolutely think L3, L337 died because it, it, it is a moment for Lando's character to connect to something. And in new canon, as it's taken a little bit from the legends, Lando goes on to build droids. Uh, we saw that, uh, read that in the last shot. And care about them. And care about them. And, and see fear them. that they would die. His best pal, Lobot, plugs into the computer forever, you know? Yeah. And and I think Lando learns a lesson in that that death. And then that makes a little sense because then a follow-up maybe sub-grievance. Yeah. Grievance? I really want to say grievous today. <laughs> sub-grievance is Lando loses the ship that he now knows has his buddy in it. Yeah. His, his you know, favorite droid. And 
he gives that up to Han after he loses. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess you could de- develop a problem with that if you thought that was L3 in our full existence, trapped right. in the ship forever. Right. Lando, you think Lando would be like, no, but he knows it's just her computer. <laughs> right. Like, like if, if I died yeah. and I, a small part of me existed in your radio... <laughs> And like the next day, you were just like, I'm kind of tired of this camera. I'd be a little hurt, maybe. Yes. But at the same time, yeah. you know, I know eventually you got to move yeah. on from your camera. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I uh, think if you interpret it is L3 is alive and well, and you could even take that data out and put it into a new robot, yeah. a new ro- robot body, I think Landa would have done that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I don't think it's something that can be done. She's... She's a part of the Falcon now, he says. Yeah, she's kind of cobbled together herself. I think she kind of built herself up in a way. Yeah. Solo's still fresh, and we have to kind of dive into some of the stuff. But she's got a lot of different droid parts. She herself is made up of other droids. Right, right. And I feel like a a way to approach that uh, sub-grievous or sub-grievance is... Yeah, you can just throw that on the pile, the reasons Lando is pissed that he lost, that Han out charmed out scoundreled out gamed him out cheated him uh and part of the reason he wants that ship back is because he does feel a a true connection to it which leads hopefully in nine i actually really want a moment nine where he gets on that falcon and and says hey l3 i i want that so much too and him to run his hand over that uh that exact computer bank where we've seen 3po talking and to our point because then you could take that the wrong way i want him to say hey l3 I don't want the Falcon to suddenly be like, well, hello, Lando. I've been waiting for you. I don't want that. It's just a memory. Yeah. Um, Another bit of counseling that I'll throw out there that I'm curious to see what what you think about and how you're feeling about this in the big picture. I think this might be one of those things in Star Wars that it's okay to be conflicted about. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you look at things and like, ah, man, I'm so distracted by that it's harming my enjoyment. Mm -hmm. I feel like the story of Star Wars right now Mm -hmm. is the human organic characters Mm. are conflicted themselves about droids. And like we, as the audience are really getting to see, and the droids are sentient. They are just like the organics, but the organics aren't entirely on board with that. Right. We've got Leia feeling kind of guilty and reminding herself about three PO sentience. And, and I think bloodline. Yeah. Uh, we have Lando seems conflicted in the movie. He's got this loving relationship with L three but right. it's also just a little conflicted where she has to like push back and he's like, oh, L3, what did you do? Yeah. You know, she's really just finding her mission to free uh, droids. Han's never been super respectful yeah. to droids. Uh, the Jedi are super weird about Ani- yeah. Anakin's connection to R2 is kind of seems like, what the hell is that about? Well, we now know from Thrawn Alliances that Anakin refused to wipe his memory after every mission, which was protocol. Yeah. Like, no wonder R4, uh, yeah. P17 was not super interesting because yeah. Obi-Wan wiped the <laughs> droid's mind on the daily. And, like, yeah, yeah and R2 yeah. is this deep, deep well of knowledge and experience. Right. Uh, and then, even you, you have Obi-Wan's line in Attack the Clone, Clones, a uh, Cloins. Cloins. Uh, I'm sorry, it's now being hosted by Jerry Lewis. Attack of the Cloins. <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan says, if droids could think, there'd be none of us here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says it in kind of like, off the cuff way of like, yeah. yeah, if they were truly, truly sentient, hmm. they would be a uh, pretty, uh, pretty pissed yeah. at all us organics. Right. So I feel like if you feel a little uncomfortable with like, is, ooh, are, is that an okay way to leave this droid who loved autonomy is to be trapped as a part of this ship? Uh, well, you're right in line with all of your heroes <laughs> because they are conflicted too and this is Excellent. a sort of a an idea that's going to be bubbling under the yeah. surface of star wars i think for a while i think it's going to lead to a dro- droid uh, civil war the droid gatra the droid yeah. gatra war yeah how are you feeling about all this storytelling with the droids and, and whether or not the organics fully appreciate the sentience of the droids i would be on obi-wan's side we, we've, <laughs> we've talked about how i don't want my ps4 to sprout legs and start talking with me and, and wanting dinner um yeah, I, I would. I would struggle. I would struggle uh, I, when I see the news stories that I see uh, uh, droids doing backflips off of uh, boards and stuff at Boston University. I'm like, get that out of here! Kill it! <laughs> Kill it! Um, but that's the the part of the journey of Star Wars and, is, is seeing things in a new way. Because definitely, I love three PO and R two. I grew up with them. Yeah, I love it when they pop up, pop up in Rogue One. And and to me, 
3PO gets cut in half and his lights go out, you, you don't rebuild him. Yeah. You don't. He's gone. And unfortunately, you know, he's gone. But maybe some part of him, uh, his translator uh, goes into some other, you know, computer and it can translate six million languages. And we always yeah. know 3PO was around. So, yeah, that's that's part of it. Part of the growth as a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And it makes them truly unique right. individuals. Yeah, you know, I grew up fe- uh, feeling very sorry for that gonk droid in Jabba's palace getting oh, burnt. Oh, yeah. That feels that pain. It squeals. Yeah, that that hurt me as a kid. <laughs> hurt me now. Hurts me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard a hard thing to accept. Yeah. But there is some uh, conflict. You know what I worry about in the real life. And then we'll get back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think the actual AI revolution is going to come because people keep doing these fun joke things where you force AI to watch like <laughs> eighteen hours of Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. So then you can the AI can try to write an episode of Bachelor in Paradise. No offense to fans of Bachelor in Paradise. Paradise yeah. But like they force people, these AI things, yeah. to watch things. I feel like when the AI gets sentient, it's just they're just going to lock us down. It's like, um, well, oh, uh, we're going to look on Netflix and see what's your, what's the lowest percentage match of a show that you wouldn't like. We're going to make you watch <laughs> it for hours. It's a Guy Ferrari cooking marathon. <laughs> here. Yeah, take that. Um, the last bit of counseling... I will offer for L3 uh, being one with the Falcon. I'm not going to use trapped because I think it is not, I agree with Ken. I don't think it is fully right. L3. And I think it is a fighting chance to continue to be a little bit sentient. Right. Uh, for the part of L3's personality that is there, if you're going to be a part of a, a ship, what better ship to be a part in if you, a part of, if oh, you believe yeah. in free will and autonomy and defiance. Yeah. Uh, the story of the Falcon, the legend of the Falcon has just been growing and growing and growing till we get to the great place of the last Jedi of, mm-hmm. oh, they hate that ship because yeah. it is a symbol, a symbol of freedom and resistance. Yeah. I love that. A Falcon is a character. We know that. And yeah. Now, now we know even more. I'm, I want to learn about the other two droid brains. You yeah. Know, see what's did, going on. Yeah. How did they end up there? Yeah. You know, do you have any other uh, thoughts on uh, L3 being a part of the Falcon? No. Other than, I think the big closing thing you said is you can you you as a fan can be conflicted about some of the little things in Star Wars and still love overall what's going on. That's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. an offer to say, well, on what level do you want to think about this? Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to go into another possibly problematic, stressful part of Solo that makes us question something we know about a beloved character. Mm. This is from uh, another uh, longtime listener, Kai Thatch. Uh, Kai, yeah. I'm very disturbed by the fact that Chewbacca eats people. Not our loyal, loving Chewie. If he had landed a good blow and knocked Han out, he might have eaten him. Does this mean humans are a regular food for Wookiees? Did Chewie ever fantasize about eating Han during a particularly <laughs> long trip across the galaxy? Is every character in Star Wars now a potential meal? Now, uh, this was this was sent in right after uh, Solo, so yeah. I, I think what You've has been, been sitting on it? You've been sitting on been it. sitting on this one, and it seemed good to pair it with the L three one. Uh, I think one. Uh, I think what it's referencing is that scene, obviously, where Han gets thrown into the yeah. pit with Chewie, and they say it's been a while since we've fed him, and then we do see some other Imperial armor down there, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Which has, it is not being said clearly. Mm-hmm. It invites you to the interpretation right. that they earlier fed Chewie another misbehaving Imperial that Chewie just straight up ate raw, ate raw. and that that could be Han's fate. Yeah. How do you feel about that, just to get the baseline? I think um, at some point, Chewie looks over at Han, and that old cartoon trope happens. Han just transforms into a broiled <laughs> porg. Chewie's, what, Chewie, what are you looking at? <laughs> away. Um, I totally know where Kai's coming from, because I, I think I knew. I didn't know right. Well, first time watching Solo, I didn't immediately go to, oh, this is Chewie. Even though they're like, there's the beast, you know, you know retrospect. Yeah. Retrospect, I think you could have seen it coming. However, I got to admit, first couple moments, the footsteps, then I was like, oh, I bet it's Chewy. All right, I'm so smart. I'm Thrawn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I did have that thought of, wait a minute, are they feeding him? And that there's no bones. You don't see like half-eaten carcass. No, he's not the wampa. He's not yeah. got blood hanging off of his mouth. So I I, I assume, I assume that, the, uh, here's here's my headcanon. I'll, I'll go to that. I think out of necessity, 
Chewie probably had to do this. <laughs> he probably had to eat some some trooper thigh. Okay, uh, maybe Philea Philea stormtrooper. I, I think. It's not part of Wookies aren't uh, cannibalistic in that way. You it's know? not their part of their they're normal not Ewok- diet. They're not Ewoks. Those Ewoks <laughs> yeah. were gonna cut Han up, serve him up. Chirper was gonna take a bite, and a cheer would have gone up. Hey, that's great counseling. It's like if yeah. you feel bad about this, uh, mm-hmm. you you might own a teddy bear that does the same thing. <laughs> so, like, why you know? why are the Wookies being held to a different standard than right. the Ewoks? Right, right, right. We we got those shirts on T Public, the I Heart Murder Bears, and that's part <laughs> of it. That's why Ewok hunt on Battlefront Two is so frightening to me. Yep. You get caught, you're dead. They're going to oh, cook you. they're going to eat you. You just pray that you're dead when you they do, right? pray that you're right? dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Han was going. Solo Burger was happening there. That's what Denny should have served. And um, I absolutely... And then the pork thing, too, was upset. He killed two porks. Yeah. All right. He got to that point. Chewie was already... He snapped their necks. He broiled them with their feet intact. And I think... Had no remorse until that moment. That's uh, I've heard people talk about that. He already killed two of them. Did he explain that to Turbis? Which I've accepted from our friends over at the Tatooine Sons podcast that that's the, the, the Porg's name on the Falcon, Turbis. Okay. Did he explain, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My Chewy sounds like drunk Homer, by the way. <laughs> it was also just a little bit of drunk Scooby-Doo. <laughs> 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 did he explain to Turbis, I am so sorry. I didn't know it was that lip quiver that got me. Yeah. It's good to go, but so I don't know. That's my. Yeah. You want on my baseline? It's all over the place. Okay. I think Chewie had to eat what he, what he had to eat. I think you you offered uh, some counseling in your baseline. <laughs> I that, offered a lot. Hey, it's a uh, it's what Ewoks do. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, this is one of my big uh, counseling points. Is if this disturbs you in any way, my headcanon, and it, and it was this before uh, Solo came out. I think Chewie is a finder's keepers eater. I don't think he murdered those porks. We were shown in Ray's vision of the force. It's sad, but sometimes porks get stolen from the uh, nest. Sometimes they die of old age. Maybe one fell and broke its neck. I think, I don't think Chewie set up traps. I think he found two dead porks and before the others could take and bury them or roll them off a cliff or whatever porks do for their fallen pork tradition. He, he cooked them up. And I think it's the exact same way. I think if there was another Imperial who was thrown in there before Han, when they had him chained up, mm. I think if Chewie was forced to fight him, mm. maybe he would have killed him. But I don't think he, I think he would have just, uh, you know, backed him, bashed him around a bit. Right. Maybe that Imperial dies of, uh, you know, dehydration. And then Chewie's like, he's it. there. Right. I'm starving. He's right. there. That's my headcanon is that okay. Chewie doesn't kill to eat. But if it's already dead, come on. Come and then on. it's just a waste of meat. Now I have a little bit of canon for this because okay. that's what we see, the trap that gets him in, in uh, on Endor. Mm-hmm. It's not like he sees a live creature running around. He pulls out his bowcaster of like, I got to kill, cook, and eat that. It's right. already dead. Right. Finders keepers. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of your best work. <laughs> that's some of your best work because you tied it to Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi, and that's a moment that's uh, overlooked. Yeah. Chewie was going to eat this creature with its teeth and fur. It looked like a little ferret uh, yeah, with weird, fangs. Weird, new tusky Or things, even more yeah. fangs, tusk, like you said. Uh, and Han's like, always oh, thinking with your stomach. This has happened before. Yeah. Anytime they come across something that's already dead, Chewie's like, look, Han, it's already dead. You're a garbage eater, Chewie. <laughs> you find leftover food on the park bench and you eat it. He's not George Lucas's dog. He's George Lucas's <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> he eats out of the trash, whatever that trash. I might like that. Be. That that helps me a little bit more. I, you know, I, Kai's. I don't get too far away from Kai's grievance here, but. I have more of an issue with the Chewy and the Porg one because I, I love the Porgs. <laughs> I love the Porgs. Yeah. All in on the Porgs. I think they're just adorable. I'm a pet lover. I love little tiny dogs. I used to have pet ferrets uh, while uh, during a past relationship. So I love little... And I raised bunny rabbits as a kid and rats. Yeah, I didn't feed no rats to snakes. I raised those things like yeah. that. So I love the Porgs. And I have a little trouble with Chewy knowing that Chewy in my mind, broke their necks and cooked them. But I like your idea. I'm walking along. I've eaten some of the rations. I don't know what Ray's doing. R2's kind of annoying me again. 
telling his war stories, <laughs> oh, swearing at me. Look, there's a dead, dead uh, island bird. Eh, you know. Yeah, I'll cook it up. That works for me. Now, as far as in solo, whoo, um, I, I, I think it. I think there was a little fight or flight too. He's okay. he's angry. He's hungry. He's angry. He's mean. He is he is emaciated, which means oh, he hasn't yeah. ate a lot. No, he hasn't. He, that's that's where I don't think he uh, likes it. To Kai's point specifically, his grievance. I don't think Chewie's like good human meat. I right. It, he is not the Chewie. We know he's 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 covered in mud. He's a mess. So he, you've got to eat a toe. You got to eat a toe. Yeah, because they said we haven't fed him in a couple days. So if he ate an entire human <laughs> two days ago. That wouldn't quite track, right? Because he wouldn't would. be that would. hungry. It wouldn't. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just going back to the porgs for a second, and then we'll move on. But I do think it is a, a part of this grievance because it is the analysis of you know what what do Wookiees eat? Do they see everything as a potential meal? Right. Um, you y- you look at that book, Chewy and the Porgs, right? Chewy and the Porgs. You look at that book, and how can you think? that Chewie murdered the Porgs to begin with. Right. You look at that book. You, you, you can't believe that Chewie viciously captured. Right. And no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll move on to, from that. Uh, <laughs> one a of my, great one, Kai. You got us thinking. Yeah. Uh, I guess w- and w- another uh, uh, counseling point is we are taking a lot of certain point of view from two Imperials. That's because true this too. is the only place we're getting this information. We're we're saying we haven't fed him. That could just be a dark joke. It could be that they threw him rations. It could mm, be that they threw him. That's true. You know, some other uh, dead animal that uh, whatever animals live on Mimban, and the uh, implication that when they say feed him, they mean other you know Imperials who are trying to defect or whatever you, could just be a dark joke. You you know you might actually be onto something there in the sense that because we don't see the bones now he has a little cave that he goes back into. Yeah, I don't think Chewie would is going to pull the entire body and 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 pick it clean. No, I think it would have been a messy situation. So maybe you're right. Maybe he kills them, they remove them, and then they give him a granola bar. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they mean by they yeah. haven't fed him. Yeah. Now, uh, do you think at any point we were seeing a scene where Chewie would uh, murder and eat Han? I think no. I think no. I think he would. He doesn't want to. It's not in Chewie's nature to murder this. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe yeah, fight the Imperial to stay alive. He's yeah, he's hungry. He's uh, emaciated. He's in a bad place. But we see how quickly he listens to reason. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think he's in a place to murder no. and eat Han. No, I, don't I don't think don't. that was ever on the table. It's not. It's not in Wookiee nature. It's not Wookiee nature. Like I would be worried. What's the uh, What's the Ewok from Last Shot? Pikpa. Yeah, Pikpa. Pikpa. I would be more worried about Pikpa turning oh. you. Oh yeah. And being like, I'm gonna take a bite of your arm. Yeah, I I'm great at tech, and also I will eat you alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pat you up afterwards. I'm just gonna chew on your arm a little bit, and then I'll get the bakta. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, do you have any other bits of counseling before I do my final counseling on no, this one? That was great. Okay, I would say that my final bit of counseling is similar to what we were saying about the droids. Is I think some of these uh, ambiguous moral issues that even reflect issues in our real world about AI and you know treatment of animals. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is such a great invitation to it can be utter escapism, right? Yeah. With the space wizards with the laser swords. Or it can be a mirror mm-hmm. to your society, to yourself. And so much of Star Wars is your choice. It is a buffet. So I think for people who are like, yeah, the thought that it's even possible that yeah. Chewie would murder and eat Han, that's not my Star Wars. I think that's always an option to say, <laughs> I liked it when Han and Chewie took a shower. Yay, yeah, it's yeah, fun, yeah. funny. Yeah. That can be your Star Wars, or your Star Wars can be like, no, I want to dive deep <laughs> into the moral implications of the diets of the Wookiees. Of the Wookiees. You choose. It's your choice. <laughs> choose your own moral adventure. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Flip to page 12 to see Chewie eat on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think we got time for one more because it's a short it. one and yeah. a different one. This one was sent in on Twitter. This is from Tristan J. Miller, another uh, frequent listener. Thank you, Tristan. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Charmed Chancer. And he says, he sent this back uh, a little while ago, so you might have figured this out, but it's a good thing to discuss. 
I need some unorthodox Star Wars counseling. I've recently moved apartments. How have you in the past decided what collectibles to keep and which ones to sell or donate? Ken, you've had adventures with that, right? <laughs> uh, I know your your story of your youth where you uh, had yeah. a garage sale, right, and all your classic figures. Gone. Two yeah. bucks. Two bucks cash. Uh, a think Transformers... No, it actually was a, a Return of the Jedi lunchbox full of Star Wars figures. Gone. $2. Um, $2. Wow. Only my General Veer's Adat Commander remained and my Y-Wing. Oh. But like most adult collectors, I have made up for that loss. <laughs> and last year at this time, faced a move. Not far. Cross town. A lot of packing up. Too many boxes of Funko Pops. And then a couple boxes of Phantom Menace era. Power of the Force era. Mm. That thankfully, I didn't have as much as I remembered. I thought I had more, and I opened up. I was like, "This is it." I have one of those horrible ones that were kind of the taller figurines. It's Leia in her steel bikini, like action pose. Oh, it was it one of the Unleashed? Yes, the Unleashed ones. Ugh, yeah, and, yeah. And I have Leia. I don't know how. I don't remember purchasing it. I think it was given to me because you like Leia. Here and she is, Unleashed. Sure, I mean, I can't. The, the steel bikini was an interesting point in my adolescence. Yes, I'm sure I'm part of that generation. Yeah. yeah. I don't want this one. <laughs> but yet, <laughs> when I moved, I had them all in front of me, and I thought, man, is it time? Is it time? The only thing I got rid of was my Y-Wing, my original Kenner Y-Wing. What? With a little bit of gulp in my throat, I yeah. threw it away because it was too broken for me to display and have, and it was just this weird attachment to something that I could get a better version of. There's a shop in Burbank that has okay. Kenner toys in the box. A little extra money, I could buy a new one. I have the picture of it. I had the memories. I love Y-Wings. And I felt, it's time for this one to go. All right. And I, I went out to my dumpster, closed my eyes, and threw it away. Oh. It was just time to let that one go. It, that, that both uh, pains me, and it also is uh, talking about you can watch Star Wars and take whatever you want out of it. Mm. You have trained yourself to let go, let right? Go. And and to say that I I I have the memories I have a photo yeah I don't need the attachment to this physical object yeah I have the photo it's just, it's funny it's just the box I think my sister's like kind of hair in my hand and it's just the box on Christmas Day when yeah I got it but I brought it on Jedi Alliance oh nice when it was in a little bit better shape and it had gotten some more damage uh, over the years so back in 2014 I brought it on Jedi Alliance I'm like I always have that. Yeah. But yeah, all right, yeah, okay, attachment is forbid. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm super attached. But <laughs> sometimes it's healthy to say, yeah. what, you know, is this uh, an object that I need in my life to still have it bring me joy? Mm-hmm. And you have the memories, you yeah. have the photos. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's some some great counseling of uh, looking at the at everything and saying, imagining, projecting yourself in the future and saying, what yeah. what do I feel like I need? What made you hold on to this very weird Leia. And again, like, like everything Star Wars is subjective. There might be fans out there of the Unleashed figures, but yeah, yeah, for yeah, those no, of those who didn't know them, there were these huge, explosive Boba Fett yeah. rockets exploding, Palpatine lightning everywhere. Yeah. And then I think this is a very action pose of Leia with the swinging the swinging, chains. Swinging like the chains. It's on Jabba's sail barge on the Katana. And, 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 and it's it's... In the mid '90s, late '90s, maybe I don't know. Maybe you know that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. It's late '90s, late yeah, 90s. late '90s, early 2000s. Um, different time, different era, and um, it's kind of the McFarlaneization of toys. It that's was a them, good, them getting into exactly. that. It was like, hey, what if, what yes. if uh, Star Wars was in Spawn? It was. You're exactly right. I have. I think it's in package. I'm a collector. You kind of wonder what's this worth? It's not worth a lot. Yeah, a lot of my Power of the Force figures, it's not worth a lot. But there's just something to it. And the toys that made us, that, that episode about Star Wars figures, it, that's the best episode of the toys that made us because it it has made me cry two or three times. Yeah. Uh, when when the guy at the end, um, gosh, I forget his name right now, uh, David, uh, um, talks about how you know the, the toys inspire, but there's also the psychologist who teaches classes, and he's like, toys, these things, you hold them in your hand, and that's your only rep- representation that you can hold on to. It makes it real. It makes it real. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that, that carries a lot of weight with me. You know, uh, my, my, my house here has a lot of things on display. A lot of it 
a lot of it came in late, like after Jedi Alliance. When I start hosting Jedi Alliance yeah. with Maud Garrett, we needed we wanted to put stuff on the on the 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 the, the counter there, the, the the tabletop, and I didn't have as much. I yeah. had these things. And I was like, I need to get, probably get some stuff. I had some mighty mugs and everything. So I started collecting. And then, you know, you just have a little bit more disposable income as an adult, which now I don't have. Um, <laughs> but so a lot of it's there. But then there's some things I know I'm staring right now at the CD. It's a four CD set, Star Wars Trilogy soundtrack. Three, it's 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 mm-hmm. New Hope, Empire, Jedi, and then a bonus disc, which has like the alternate version of Lap Neck and all this stuff. I've had that for, you know, since 1994 or five. I, I never intend to get rid of that. Yeah. I don't care how much you offer it to me. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because it, it means something yeah. to me. Yeah. The other stuff, eventually, I think I'll get away, get some of the figures away. Yeah. Because you, you uh, kind of walk through the life with stuff and you can't always keep everything. Uh, yeah. For me, I never got rid of my original toys. I heard horror stories of other people. Mm. Uh, I, uh, my treasured Yoda is, I have with me here in Los Angeles, my original Yoda with hard snake, not soft <laughs> snake. Uh, and I remember the. the the trickster kid on the block, Sean, tried to, uh, Yoda was hard to find, so he tried to talk me, he tried to give me $5 and like yes. four action figures, and he would approach me when my older brother wasn't around, so he could try to get me a loan, like, I fought to keep Yoda. Yeah. I was like, no, Yoda's mine. Um, and then, like, I exploded, exploded in collecting as much as uh, money would allow in uh, the power of the Force and the mm-hmm. power of the Jedi line. Uh, and then I got to this big point in... Uh, end of 2005, end of 2006, uh, I had met my now wife, Sarah, mm. on our first date, which is going incredibly well. She was like, by the way, I just said yes to living in London for a year to get my master's degree. <laughs> and like at the end of the day, I was like, hey, do you think there's a date? And she's like, yeah, there's a date. And this is great. And I was like, this is so great. She's moving away. <laughs> uh, so long story short, I got to a point where I figured like, all right, I can go be with her in London mm. for a big chunk of this, but I need to make some money yeah. somehow. And I had this massive collection of uh, Power of the Force figures. Oh, wow. And my brother had said, if you tell me which ones you want to sell, I will do the, all the eBay stuff. I'll take yeah. a little chunk of the money, and then uh, you can make a little bit more money to get to London to be with right. with the, the woman you love. Uh, so for me, it was a really, this really healthy thing of like, I have to have this experiment of right. which of these figures did I buy out of completion mm-hmm. and which did I buy because they are that sort of like, when I hold this in my hand, it's real. It's a symbol now. Right. The guy on, uh, on uh, the toys that made us yeah. connects it to religion of like, this is why if you believe in Christ, you have a cross right. to make it real. And I, I don't, yeah. you know, like that's what, what this yeah. gentleman said. And to me, that that's very relatable. Of this. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. this sounds weird though, but like, uh, then I, I just went through them all and I was like, which ones did I buy? Cause I just wanted, and right, I think I yeah. got rid of an ishy tip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then like I pick up woo hair and like, yeah, I still cannot believe yeah. they made the cranky bartender. Yep. And he's got his own action figure, and I will not part with this. Yep. Uh, so this is a long way to get around to the counseling, but I think, Ken, you described it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely what I went through on this uh, journey is just that emotional test of when you look at them, what is your emotional reaction? Right. Do you say, this is one of the things that cements my mm-hmm. belief in Star Wars, my joy, or this right. is this a toy I got? Yeah. Is this a toy that I will, mm-hmm. that I have a photo of? And honestly, it's worked really well for me. I packed up all of those, all the Power of the Force action figures I kept. Mm. Uh, they've been in boxes for years and years and years. And I remember the ones that I super care about. Yeah. And I don't remember which ones I decided to give away, yeah. which is a good sign to me. And I know when I finally open those boxes, I'm going to have this great discovery of, oh, yeah, this one, this one. Like, I can remember the one, a lot of the ones that I was like, no, I will never part with that. Right, right, right. But others are going to be that gray area. That's a delightful surprise. But I've never missed them. Yeah, because I, I think I made good choices. And it, and it's currently how I'm co- collecting going forward, um, with money and space, and also just I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a hoarder, but I'm not you know I want to clear some space of my life. Realize there's some issue. I I, I haven't you know the, we, the the Leia and Hoth gear three and three quarter inch line. Yeah, that you have. Yeah, I the f- new one. I finally found it. Oh yeah, it's hard. She's hard to find. Hard right to now. find, and at the Target near me, I found it, and I had to buy it. 
I had to buy it. Yeah. And and my girlfriend was with me, and she's kind of like, ah, you know, she loves Star Wars. But she's like, why do you have to buy this? And I'm like, Hoth Leia means something to me. Yeah. Hoth Leia was my favorite Leia. Well, and she's like, why? I'm like, well, she was in charge. She was just not having it from Han, but she did love him, and she stood with her troops, and she didn't want to evacuate. And she's not super sexualized, but she looks great, man. Yeah. You know, it's like it's all those things. It's it's that's my favorite Leia. Yeah. And then, you know, she was like, Well, when I argue with you, you don't like it. And I'm like, Well, it's a different conversation. <laughs> but um I that Leia means something to me, and I'll keep that one forever. Yeah. There might be other the current line, a Hux or two I might give away. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and I love Hux, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it is that the decision-making process is what is there out of a sense of being a collector, mm-hmm. not, and what is there because it uh, really fills your soul and it connects right. you more deeply to Star Wars. And I know there's some people who are like expert collectors, but I'm sure, in the same yeah, place yeah. of like, my apartment is not huge, rent's real expensive <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> I need a new room. I have a, a right. table that we used to podcast at yes. that I used to clear all my Star Wars action figures off, and now I need a forklift. <laughs> They're piled on top of each other in like this. They're starting to look like the temple on right. uh, on Yavin 4. Yeah. They're getting higher and higher because they're, mm. I, I am in finding so much joy right. from specific ones, Yeah, but I do that too. I was like, I don't need, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, some characters. Like, I don't need. Yeah. But... Like that range trooper, so cool. Oh, I still, I, I and want it makes that me one. feel yeah, like yeah. I did when I was a kid. You know, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think making that connection, collect uh, with your heart, collect with your heart. Uh, we're definitely doing some counseling, but also uh, just uh, doing some self counseling and sharing. <laughs> I would say the other thing because Tristan says donate. A thing I think about a lot with these action mm-hmm. figures is I want them to live on after me. Yeah. I am keeping them for now. Yeah, and I I often do think about like someday when some kid who is like six years old when the Last Jedi came out and mm. can't or when Solo came out and can't believe that somebody still has a range trooper in the package like right, right. I think ahead of like what's that kid gonna love? Kid gonna so love. I think that, that decision of what to donate is also what are kids gonna love? Yeah, because another part of my eBay story when I had to separate from some to to be with uh with my future wife uh my brother looked at the collection and was like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to be able to get a, a decent chunk of money for these on eBay at the time. Mm. And it's like, but, uh, his son, my nephew mm. is like, was really getting into star Wars. And he's like, do you mind if I let Aaron, uh, look and pick a few of these? Yeah. And that was a good reminder of like, these are for children. Yeah. So I think that's another good part. If you're deciding what to donate, mm-hmm. don't just donate your sad lobots. <laughs> As much as I love him, don't just donate yeah. your General Huxes. Donate some Chewies. Yeah. Donate some Yodas. You know, yeah. Donate some Leia's. Do- donate some of the exciting ones. Yeah. If you can. <laughs> Bunch of pose and jackets, you know. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Uh, any final thoughts on this one? Nah, it's great. I think it's a, that was a fun conversation. We don't talk uh, about toys a lot on Force Center, and, and it's such a big part of Star Wars. And collecting and collecting as an adult, it, it puts you in a weird spot if you... You know, we are we are of the stage. We didn't leave it behind. We're part of the generation. Specifically, you and I, Joseph, in our generation, didn't leave this behind. No. Um, and I think we're the first, really, to do that on that level. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Uh, it's a new it's a new way of being an adult. I think the yep. joke of like you collect action figures as an adult, it's kind of still alive, but at the same time, it's changed now. Yeah, it it it, it should change. You know, I, I get it to a certain degree, but 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 but. It, it should change because it, it means something else to us. Star Wars changed all of that. Yeah. Um, so I think it, you know, it's a valuable lesson, but also, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't bury yourself in Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not, uh, set up a situation where you can yeah. literally drown in Funko. Yeah. I think my final bit of counseling is, uh, to say that if you can afford it, storage spaces are great. I have a storage space in Minneapolis yeah. and much of my heart beats there. Many of my Star Wars toys are there and I feel a glow just knowing they're there. I haven't mastered Ken's ability to let go. And I know that prune face yeah. is happily living in a storage space in St. Paul, Minnesota. So that is our three great grievances. Uh, thank you, Ken, for joining me. 
if you have a grievance and you're listening, uh, if you sent something in the past, as you can tell, I'm still uh, uh, digging through some, and we, we got a great one uh, recently on our uh, Facebook message that we'll be diving into. Uh, but please just send us your grievances, or if they're even sort of like a deep dive question, we are happy to do that too. Use the hashtag Star Wars Counseling. That's counseling spelled with an S because it makes it so much easier to find things, uh, to find uh, your grievances on Facebook and on Twitter. Ken, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me at Catnaps across all social media platforms. That includes YouTube, where I'm starting to branch out a little bit more there. Along with Force Center, we're yeah. going a little bit more into YouTube, as am I as well, moving my motivations with Ken over there in a bit. So look for Ooh, that. Oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and you can find me on all the social media, Twitter and Instagram in particular, is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can also check out my other podcast, Obsessed Comedy Albums, live shows, info on all that on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can, of course, like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.